0: Try as we might, sometimes it becomes impossible to ignore some of the dumbest influencers who grace the screens of millions of viewers across the globe, and no one has done more to make themselves as unlikable over the past few years, than Felix Lengel, aka XQC, who is, whether you like it or not, one of the biggest and most successful streamers online today. And while he's had his fair share of controversy over the years, first hitting our radar during the beginning stages of the Overwatch League, where he was benched and fined multiple times due to being a generally toxic player who made homophobic remarks to other players. That was him? Yep. He then pivoted to uh, back to streaming full-time, and his dedication to doing pretty much anything for views garnered him a massive following of impressionable young teenagers who couldn't get enough of his edgy content. He quickly became one of the top streamers on Twitch, due mostly to his erratic, sometimes unintelligible behavior, his reactions to other pre-existing content, constant drama with other creators, his accidental viewing of sexually explicit content, and what appears to be a crippling gambling addiction.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much the only thing I know about this guy, uh, is that he uh, really, really likes gambling. Is, are they even still allowed to do that on Twitch? I'm so out of the loop and don't well, care. Well, he's on but, Kick now. Oh, for the, okay, for the gambling he's on stuff. Kick. Yeah, where gambling is the point. Not only okay, but encouraged. But yeah, it's weird because like most of the most of the people on Kick and just like the general like gambling uh, among top streamers, it seems like most of them are in on the scam. Whereas it seems like XQC is legitimately, like, addicted to fucking gambling yeah. and it is ruining his
0: life. Yeah, there was another streamer, I can't remember his name off the top of my head because I don't pay attention to these people very much, but uh, he was one of the first ones that actually admitted that gambling is part of the contract
1: this week. Was oh, like, interesting. Yeah,
0: I'm going, to, I'm going to kick and part of the contract is that I'll gamble on the website and drive people to stake.
1: He All admit right. it. He so. admit it. So, yeah, we were happy to mostly ignore this guy. But this week, he made his way into the news once again, in a way that only XQC could. Profiting off of a humanitarian crisis by streaming reaction content to literal war footage from the Israel-Hamas war, then after being justifiably called out for it, in the hopes that maybe he was just too stupid to realize what he was actually doing, uh, he doubled down by falling back on a response that he has used frequently in the past. Uh, he fluxes how much money he makes as proof that he's somehow better and smarter than everyone else, while also assuming that his stacks of cash also make him completely immune from any criticism of his content or how damaging it and his attitudes in general can be to his young and impressionable audience of children. So uh, with more on details of what went down this week, here's Kotaku. The content creator has been posting video reactions
0: to war footage since the most recent inflammation of the Israel Hamas war in early October. People online are disturbed, but Lengyel doesn't mind, since he's still making so much money. <laughs> YouTuber at NoodleVivo posted the following on Twitter in response to XQC's latest streaming content. When I think about what scumfuck degenerate content parasites look like, I don't think I could possibly create parody more on the nose than this. Lengil responded to Noodle's criticism with a picture of his stacks of cash. <laughs> <laughs> got him. Uh, when YouTuber Quite White uh, weighed in and told Lengil that his soul remains empty, Lengil replied, "Your bank account relates." Got him. Alongside a photo of a glittering diamond-encrusted watch. <laughs> "Quote: Everybody got so mad," Lengil said in a recent stream about the Twitter backlash. "They think that this is about war." This is about this, everybody's just victimizing and whatever. Well said, sir. But I came to a topic that I had no education on, Lengiel said. Correct. People say, you have a
1: responsibility with your
0: platform to know about this, whatever. I was like, okay, let's learn about this.
1: Yeah, when this started going down and people were like, you know, everyone should take a moment to educate yourself, there were probably a good portion of the population who just like, no, actually, you should just... Completely, just carry on. Yes, carry on. Don't even mention it. Don't worry about it. Just keep doing whatever you're doing. You're only going
0: to make this
1: far worse. (laughs) (laughs) So, So yeah, sadly, based on his responses to people who were criticizing the way in which he thinks he's learning about the crisis, it doesn't seem as though he actually cares about, you know, the whole deadly siege that's happening at all and is simply using it as the next ongoing newsworthy moment to capitalize on by reacting to horrific videos from Palestine. Palestine is the new Amber Heard trial, folks.
0: Uh, yeah, pretty much. Streamers are like, oh, hot new current event.
1: Yeah, so if he actually cared at all, his immediate response wouldn't be saying, can't hear you over my fat stacks of cash, and mocking people for not being as wealthy and therefore as smart as him. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know who could really use some fat stacks of cash right now? But yeah, just it's a bleak reality all around the conflict, the way that streamers like XQC are turning it into a money-making opportunity under the guise of self-education and empathy, and the fact that he uses the fortune that he's made to funnel people to a gambling website that he's also partnered with. Mm-hmm. And this—did uh, you see what's happening on uh, been happening on t- TikTok for the last couple of weeks? Is yeah. uh, there's like this side-by-side uh, two-person live-streaming mode? Uh, it's like a—it's taking like the NPC meme. Even further, where it's, like, NPCs competing against each other uh, to see who can get the most gifts. Except it's, like, an Israel NPC and a Palestine NPC, neither of whom are actually even from those countries. It's, like, a Greek guy and, like, a Canadian guy or something. But, like, uh, for some reason, there are pay pigs out there who are just willing to throw gifts at, like, and... uh,
0: it's it, a historically or uh, 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 horrifically sad version of when, like, a local coffee shop puts the Marvel versus DC yeah, chip thing out,
1: and it's like, n- this money's going to—they're not, yeah. they're, and they're not even like, there's no pretense that they're giving that money. That's no. just for them. But still, interestingly, the Palestine one won like every single time in like 30 different matches. Yeah. Because the the youth of America are being brainwashed by Chinese TikTok. <laughs> what they should be watching is CNN. Wolf Blitzer, uh, Anderson Cooper. Uh,
0: that we we get to it, but CNN uh, at le- at the very least had some self reflection this week. Uh, it's it's, the, it's the, the minimal amount. Drip, trip. Yeah.
1: Anyway, while we're on the topic, it has been an extremely horrific week for Palestinians who are being bombed at an unfathomable rate in locations that you know you'd hope they would find some shred of safety in, and the death toll for children continues to grow to levels that should really. Haunt every person watching, but should haunt specific people in power in this government and the rest uh, of the government should haunt their dreams for the rest of their earthly life. Yes. A recent article from the CBC uh, states that more children have been killed in the Gaza Strip over the last three weeks than in every other armed conflict annually since 2019, says Save the Children. Citing numbers from Gaza's health ministry, the international charity said Sunday that 3,195 children have been killed in Gaza since October 7th. That number had risen to 3,457 as of Monday afternoon. Israel is currently advancing its ground assault into the Gaza Strip after three weeks of heavy bombardments and a siege that has largely cut off more than two million people from food, medical supplies, and fuel. Gaza's health ministry says 8,306 Palestinians have been killed. And I just want to note, before one of you little freaks jumps in the comments, the uh, numbers coming out of the Gaza health ministry have historically been uh, completely fucking accurate, according to every non-government organization who keeps track of this. In fact, they say that, if anything, Gaza undercounts the casualties. They have a list of every person who has been killed. They sent killed. that
0: list to President Biden yeah, it's, after he uh, tried to wash this away. Yeah,
1: like, it is... It's, They're not pulling this shit out of their ass. Yeah,
0: but uh, like I said a little bit earlier, even CNN has started to come around on the idea that uh, at least when they're live reacting to it uh, in a way that is... A little bit different from the way that XQC is doing it. Sure. Uh, they, that maybe the bombings uh, sometimes go a little too far, with Wolf Blitzer attempting to clarify what an IDF spokesman said during an interview with him after Israel admitted to bombing a refugee camp. Wolf interrupts the conversation to ask, but even if that Hamas commander was there, amidst all those Palestinian refugees who are in there in that Jabalia refugee camp, Israel still went ahead and dropped the bomb there, attempting to kill this Hamas commander, knowing that a lot of innocent civilians, men, women, and children, presumably would be killed. Is that what I'm hearing? The IDF spokesman deflects, but Blitzer presses him, and here's how the rest of the conversation played out.
1: But you know that there are a lot of refugees, a lot of innocent civilians, men, women, and children, in that refugee camp as well, right?
0: This is the tragedy of War Wolf, I mean, we, As you know, we've been saying for days, move south. Civilians are not involved with Hamas. Please move
1: south. Uh, I'm just uh, trying to get a little bit more information. uh, You knew there were civilians there, you knew there were refugees, all sorts of refugees, but you decided to still drop a bomb on that refugee camp attempting to kill the Hamas commander. By the way, was he killed?
0: I can't confirm yet. There'll be more uh, updated. Yes, we know that he was killed. about the civilians there. We're doing everything we can to minimize.
1: Meanwhile, our own representatives in the American government remain as bloodthirsty as ever. It's their favorite fucking thing. The most upsetting quote this week came from, once again, Senator Lindsey Graham, who also, while appearing on CNN, was asked the following by host Abby Phillip. Is it acceptable to drop bombs on a densely populated civilian area where there are refugees, where people are living, where there are children? Uh, Graham also attempted to deflect a bit before Phillip interjected to ask, Is there a threshold for you and do you think there should be one for the United States government at which the U.S. would say Let's hold off for a second in terms of civilian casualties. Is there there a point at which you would start to question?
0: why? (sighs) Just horrific stuff all around. And if you are feeling helpless and you want to at least try to talk some sense into your elected officials, our friend Jordan has set up a portal with information and links where you can send a message to Congress, you can sign the petition for a ceasefire, you can organize and participate in marches, as well as donate
1: to organizations that provide humanitarian aid. Just do not approach John Fetterman at a local Chili's. He will have one of his clones Throw you out on the street. The fetterman has fallen. He's uh. I he's, don't know. I don't even get it. But also, people like pulled up his, you know, his donation records. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go.
0: Well, um. Anyways, uh, this this portal is extremely simple and easy to use. And putting pressure on elected officials is quite literally a numbers game. So every message or signature actually matters. The URL is ceasefiretoday.com. Uh, or, there's a link in the description below, so you can just click it and share your voice in the easiest way possible.
1: Anyways, let's switch gears now away from the horrors of war to something that should make everyone uh, very satisfying. Yeah. People actually getting punished for their various crimes. It You don't see it very often these days. You
0: see it, you're, you're starting to see
1: cracks though. You're starting to see a little bit of promise on the horizon. Justice. Yeah. It happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. Now, we've seen an increasingly large amount of consequences for people that were previously thought untouchable. And today, we can add another name to that list. Sam Bankman-Fried, aka Sam Bankrun Fraud, the former CEO of crypto exchange FTX, who was just found guilty on all seven criminal counts against him, and who, as a result of this verdict, faces up to 115 years in prison. Uh, So here's CNBC with this news that broke literally as we were writing this episode. Bankman Freed, the 31-year-old son of two Stanford legal scholars and graduate of Massachusetts Institute of Technology, was convicted of wire fraud and conspiracy to commit wire fraud against FTX customers and against Alameda research lenders, conspiracy to commit securities fraud and conspiracy to commit commodities fraud against FTX investors, and conspiracy to commit money laundering. He had pleaded not guilty to all charges, which... Makes it even worse. That was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> big... Probably shouldn't have done that. Big mistake. Uh, it continues... <laughs> Especially when everyone else you previously worked with immediately pleads guilty... And flips on and you. ...and flips on you. Probably... Well, fuck. What do you mean all of my former friends and
0: colleagues are now state's witness?
1: What the hell, guys? We were in a polycule!
0: We all traded fluids! <laughs> Continues, the trial, which began in early October, pitted the testimony of Bankman-Fried's former close friends and top lieutenants against the sworn statements of their former boss and ex-roommate. And (laughs) (laughs) ex-lover. The jury returned a swift verdict after receiving the case at around 3.15 p.m. on Thursday. The government's key witnesses included Carolyn Ellison, Bankman-Fried's ex-girlfriend and former head of Alameda, and FTX co-founder Gary Wang, who was Bankman-Fried's childhood friend from math camp. Mm. (laughs) Both both pleaded guilty in December to multiple charges and cooperated as witnesses for the prosecution. Assistant U.S. Attorney Nicholas Rose told the court in his closing argument on Wednesday, there was no serious dispute that $10 billion in customer (laughs) money that was sitting in FTX's crypto exchange went missing. The issue, he said, is whether Bankman-Fried knew that taking the money was wrong. I didn't know I couldn't do that. The defendant schemed and lied to get money which he spent, Rose said. In the absence of a successful appeal, Bankman-Fried now awaits sentencing. And remember, that sentencing could go as high as 115 years in prison, which he will have to serve whether he dies or not.
1: Yeah, they leave the body in the cell Mm -hmm. to rot. Yep.
0: All right, it's been 115 years.
1: Drag it out. Uh, Anyway, believe it or not, we actually have some interesting entertainment news yeah. as well as some updates on recurring characters and stories that we've been covering in recent weeks coming up in just a second but first let's take a second to thank today's sponsor factor this holiday season that's right it's after november ding 1st. dong jingle jingle you might be looking for nutritious convenient meals to keep you energized on jam-packed days Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef prepared dietitian dietician-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle.
0: Too busy with all those holiday plans to cook? I know I am. I am. I'm lovin'. loving caroling five nights a week. That's right. Uh, but you, you still want to make sure that you're eating well. With Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up, too, while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality that you need. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back to crushing your goals. Adjust your stride this holiday season without missing a step. Choose from 35-plus weekly, flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals that promote a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences, all ready to eat in two minutes. Relish the best of the holiday season with these flavors. They're limited-time, hearty, comforting meals featuring seasonal veggies like cranberry pecan chicken and apple Dijon pork chops. Ready, again, in just two minutes. They'll satisfy your cravings during this busy season without the hassle.
1: Looking for calorie-conscious options during that busy season? Try delicious, dietitian approved calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of far with an assortment of 45-plus add-ons to suit various preferences and tastes. Choose from breakfast items like their delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon cheddar egg bites, and potato bacon egg breakfast skillet. Or, for an easy wellness boost, try refreshing beverage options like cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. This holiday season, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com newsdump50 and use code newsdump50 to get 50% off. That's code newsdump50 at factormeals.com newsdump50 to get 50% off.
0: All right, back into the news now. And, of course, the government our government, still in general disarray. government. Despite finally settling on Christian fundamentalist Mike Johnson as Speaker of the House, who, by the way, attempted to help former President Trump overturn the 2020 election and also hopes to make being gay illegal. Uh, but while the House tried to make up for lost time, there were other elected officials who dedicated themselves to wasting more of it. Specifically, Marjorie Titan Green, who apparently objects to the idea of doing anything constructive with her time in government and instead simply wants to attack people she disagrees with on a basic level. This week, she attempted to censure Representative Rashida Tlaib for what MTG claimed was anti-Semitic rhetoric, sympathizing with terrorists and leading an insurrection.
1: Notable friend of Jews, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Who
0: also had nothing to do with a previous insurrection. (laughs) An actual insurrection. Fuck off. And none of the things that she is claiming against Rashida Tlaib are true. Luckily, this attempt failed, and also resulted in Green being called out for her own anti-Semitic comments in the past. Oh, there it is. Uh Uh-huh. Here's
1: Insider with more on this big, dumb, pretty racist saga. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene's attempt to censure Representative Rashida Tlaib failed on Wednesday in part thanks to three of Tlaib's home state Republican colleagues. A majority of the Republican-led House voted to table the Georgia Republican censure resolution, which accused the Michigan Democrat of being anti-Semitic, sympathizing with terrorists, and leading an insurrection. 23 Republicans (laughs) voted with every Democrat to table Greene's resolution. The Georgia Congresswoman notably has her own history of anti Semitic pronouncements and once suggested that Tlaib was not a legitimate member of Congress because she was sworn in with a Quran rather than a Bible. So, yeah, MGD went full Kraken after her, <laughs> vote, her vote failed, calling out two people in particular uh, Representative Chip Roy and her old frenemy, Lauren Bobert, giving Bobert a fancy new nickname in the process. You voted to kick me out of the Freedom Caucus but keep CNN wannabe Ken Buck and vaping groping Lauren Bobert. <laughs> and you voted with the Democrats to protect terrorist Tlaib. You hate Trump, certified Biden's election, and could care less about J6 defendants being persecuted. Lauren gave that man a hand job, I saw the video. <laughs> vaping, vaping and groping. Vaping, groping Bobert. I don't know how they do it over in Colorado, but over here in Georgia, we give our hand jobs and backseat of cars.
0: To our uh, gym instructors. <laughs> to our cousins. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere in failed attempts at doing anything in Congress, it appears as though Representative George Anthony DeVolder Santos is safe from being expelled from his position okay. for now. Yeah, let's, you know, why, why stop now? Let's keep going. From the BBC, the U.S. House of Representatives has rejected a move to expel New York Congressman George Santos, who was last month indicted on fraud charges. The vote was 179 to 213, far short of the two-thirds majority needed to oust a House member. 24 of Mr. Santos's fellow Republicans voted to expel him. But more than 30 Democrats voted against removing Mr. Santos. Interesting. It is an interesting play. It's like play. a chaos vote. It kind of. I, there, I do get their as explanation. As long as he's in
1: Congress, he's an embarrassment.
0: Yes. But their explanation of it, as we'll get to in the quota, is basically like this, despite it being pretty obvious that he... Has done what he's It'll claimed. set a precedent? It'll set a precedent yeah, that's, that that's, they can just do this. Yeah. Um, anyways, the first term lawmaker, 35, denies 23 corruption charges and refuses to quit. <laughs> Only five lawmakers have been expelled in US history, including three during the nation's civil war.
1: I wonder why. Mm. What was going on around then? That I would don't know. Get you expelled? Could be anything. It continues. Those pushing for his ouster argued that Mr. Santos had cheated voters by misrepresenting himself. Yep. But some Republicans said he should only be expelled if he is found guilty in court. According to political outlet Axios, some Democrats voted to save Mr. Santos as they were concerned about the precedent of expelling a lawmaker before either a conviction or an ethics committee report, though other Democrats felt that supporting the embattled Republican was unreal and really weird. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Yeah. He's going to court fairly soon. Yeah. So. And also, it's just more fun to keep him there. Are you not entertained? Like, I mean, look at, think of the, the antics he can get up. Like, two weeks ago, he stole a baby. Yeah. it was, like, screaming. Who knows like, what he's going to do next? He's, he's really, he's just getting settled into this job, and they want get, to get him out of there? Come on. I don't know. Anyway, in response to this big win, Santos took to Twitter, where he did a victory lap, once again posting a meme where he is Photoshopped wearing a crown in the Capitol building with the text, If you come for me, you best not miss, before deleting it. Because uh, there are still so many chances to come for him. Yeah. In fact, despite the fact that he views this failed expulsion as a win, he is still facing nearly two dozen federal charges that could land him in federal prison for a very, very long time. Yeah. So they're coming for you, George. Best to not gloat about your uh, very small victories.
0: I mean, he he lives on attention. Yeah, that's true. I'm sure he's loving it. Mm -hmm. But let's check in on the entertainment industry, and oh my God! Well, it looks like Marvel Studios might be completely
1: fucked. Yes!
0: He hell s- yeah! SAG strike, It's still ongoing. It doesn't have any end in sight for now. An HBO executive has been called out for trolling critics on Twitter uh, using fake accounts. And um, also, Nicolas Cage apparently had no idea what the hell he was doing in the Flash movie. But uh, there's way too much to dive into here. Uh, links to full stories always down in the description, especially this first one. The Variety story is a novel A very interesting novel, but it's very long, so you'll have to read all of it on your own time. We're going to point out some of the highlights here, but it seems like Marvel Studios might have backed itself into a creative and financial corner. Uh, Here's, again, some of the more outrageous sections of the overall article. The most pressing issue to be discussed at a recent retreat was what to do about Jonathan Majors, the actor who had been poised to carry the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but instead is headed to a high-profile trial in New York later this month on domestic violence charges. At the gathering in Palm Springs, executives discussed backup plans, including mm, pivoting to another comic book adversary like, mm, I don't know, Doctor Doom. Hey! But making any shift would carry its own headaches. Majors was already a big presence in the MCU, including as the scene-stealing antagonist in February's Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mania. And he has been positioned as the franchise's next big thing in this season of Loki, particularly in the finale, which airs on November 9th, and sets up Kang as the titular star of a fifth Avengers film in 2026.
1: Marvel is truly fucked with the whole Kang angle, says one top dealmaker who has seen the final Loki episode, and they haven't had an opportunity to rewrite until very recently because of the WGA strike, but I don't see a path to how they move forward with him. Beyond the bad press for majors, the brain trust at Marvel is also grappling with the November release of The Marvels, a sequel to 2019's blockbuster Captain Marvel that has been plagued with lengthy reshoots and now appears likely to underwhelm at the box office. The source of Marvel's current troubles can be traced back to 2020. That's when the COVID pandemic ushered in a mandate to help boost Disney's stock price with an endless torrent of interconnected Marvel content for the studio's fledgling streaming platform, Disney+. According to the plan, there would never be a lapse in superhero fare with either a film in theaters or a new television series streaming at any given moment. But the ensuing tsunami of spandex proved to be too much of a good thing, and the demands of churning out so much programming taxed the Marvel apparatus. Moreover, the need to tease out an interwoven storyline over so many disparate shows, movies, and platforms created a muddled narrative that baffled viewers and was my cue to be like, All right, I'm done. This is where I get off this train. You are fucking insane if you think I'm going to watch this much fucking content in any given year just to keep up with what the hell is even going on. I stopped. uh, I watched the first season of Loki, which was fine, and that is the last
0: thing I've seen. I didn't even see Ant-Man. Definitely not going to see the Marvels. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, and as far as Star Wars is concerned, uh, what was the recent one that I liked? Andor. That was great. That's it. Don't need to watch anything else. There's... I haven't even seen that. Oh, well, you would love that. But uh, we talked about it before. Uh, mm. That, you know, a, a shining little diamond in the rough uh, for also Star Wars, which is doing the exact same thing because yeah. they're owned by the same company.
1: Hey, you like Star Wars? You want a million Star Wars movies?
0: Maybe that turned out to be a bad thing. Uh, The Marvels, which opens in theaters on November 10th, will struggle to get the ball past the infield, at least by Marvel's outsized standards. The movie, which cost $250 million and sees Brie Larson reprising her role as Captain Marvel, is tracking to open to $75 to $80 million. Far below the $185 million Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness took in domestically in its debut weekend last year. In June, Marvel, which traditionally only solicits feedback from Disney employees and their friends and families, took the uncharacteristic step of holding a public test screening in Texas. The audience gave the film middling reviews. And then uh, the article goes on to talk about the strain on the VFX teams. Marvel's entire VFX battalion, including staffers and vendors, is struggling to keep pace with a never-ending stream of productions. This past February, when the credits rolled at the world premiere of Quantumania, shock rippled through the Regency Village Theater in Westwood over some shoddy CGI. There were at least 10 scenes where the visual effects had been added at the last minute and were out of focus, says one veteran power broker who was there. It was insane. I've never seen something like that in my entire career. Everyone was talking about it. Even the kids of executives were talking about it.
1: The VFX logjam had been evident for some time, with some final effects for such Disney Plus series as WandaVision and She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, inserted after their streaming debuts. In the original arc of She-Hulk, a flashback of star Tatiana Maslany's transformation into her Hulk character didn't take place until Episode 8, the penultimate episode. But after Marvel's brain trust watched footage, it realized the scene needed to happen in the pilot episode so that audiences could see more of the character's backstory early. That meant that the VFX team was tasked with fixing the mess in post-production. All the while, Marvel was bleeding money with a single episode of She-Hulk costing some $25 million. What? Dwarfing the budget of a final season episode of HBO's Game of Thrones, but without a similar zeitgeist bang. That's insane. $25 million per episode. Well, there's your problem. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Doing a little overspending.
1: Uh, so, yeah, there's, there's so much more in the article. You should definitely go read the entire thing yourself. But, yeah, Marvel seems to be following a trend in recent years of just chasing infinite growth and profitability at any cost. And we're now seeing that everything across multiple industries is it, it barely being held together. And many companies are finally starting to show signs of collapse. Not that Marvel won't be around in the future, but... They're going to have to do some serious uh, recalibration going forward. Okay, including, apparently, uh,
0: getting the original Avengers crew back for one last ride. Uh, yeah. Stop. Stop yeah. it. Over in the world of HBO, Warner, Discovery, Plus, Max, it appears as though some executives spent a decent amount of time online arguing with fans and critics instead of focusing on making good shows. Executives,
1: they're just like us.
0: In particular, Casey Bloys, the president of original programming for HBO back in 2020, has apologized, demanding that staffers create for, for demanding that staffers create fake social media accounts to attack critics and defend
1: the network's shows. Hey, I don't see you posting. <laughs> Everyone needs to be posting. The little Pepe Avatar, go after this critic. Take uh-huh. him down. Scott Mance, I want, I want that twink annihilated. Everybody spray paint over the screens at the gas stations. <laughs> he's
0: he's dogging our shows. Uh, here's Rolling Stone with more on this. In June 2020, Casey Bloys, HBO's then-president of Original Programming, needed someone to, quote, go on a mission. Bloys, who was named HBO's CEO and chairman in October 2022, was irked by a tweet from Vulture TV critic Catherine Van Arendag, who had some thoughts about Perry Mason, HBO's series starring Matthew Reese as a private detective-turned-defense attorney in 1930s Los Angeles.
1: Blois was annoyed, according to text messages reviewed by Rolling Stone, and sent Van Arendonk's tweet to Kathleen McCaffrey, HBO's Senior Vice President of Drama Programming. Maybe a Twitter user should tweet that that's a pretty blithe response to what soldiers legitimately go through on the battlefield, he texted. Do you have a secret handle? Couldn't we say, especially given that it's D-Day, to dismiss a soldier's experience like that seems pretty disrespectful? This must be answered. Blois was serious. Who can go on a mission, he asked McCaffrey, according to the messages, adding that they needed to find a mole at arm's length from the HBO executive team. We just need a random to make the point and make her feel bad. Jesus. The exchange was one of at least six instances between June 2020 and April 2021, in which Bloys and McCaffrey discussed using what they called a secret army to fire back at several TV critics on Twitter, now known as X as well as anonymous commentators on articles about HBO programming, according to text exchanges reviewed by Rolling Stone.
0: It's like they learned all the wrong lessons from the
1: Snyderverse shit. Like, whoa, what if we did some bullying? Yeah, what if we did a little bit of cyber harassment? Yeah. It's cyberbullying time. Let's go. Yeah, just
0: a, a wild and absurd story. His apology, too, is like, well, you know, it was during the pandemic, and I a lot of times... Things got heated. I, yeah. yeah, he's like, I was sitting around on the internet, as everyone else was, and uh, decided to do a little online bullying.
1: I mean, yeah, a lot of people got radicalized into, like, QAnon shit during COVID because they were on their computer too much. This guy, I mean, this is not nearly as bad as that, so yeah, there, there you go. It's fine.
0: Mm-hmm. As for the story about Nick Cage appearing in the Flash film, he apparently went into a room and was directed to look and act a certain way, which was then apparently completely altered in the final version of the film, to the point that Cage has no idea how it changed so much. Here's from an interview with Yahoo Entertainment. For his part, Cage was more perplexed than angry with his Flash experience, as he told Yahoo Entertainment during a recent interview promoting his acclaimed upcoming film Dream Scenario. First and foremost, I was on set, Cage explained, clearing up speculation over whether his appearance as an alternate version of Kryptonian Kal-El was simply recreated from Superman Lives costume test footage that had been disseminated online in recent years. What I was supposed to do is literally just be standing in an alternate dimension, if you will, and witnessing the destruction of the universe. Kal-El was bearing witness to the end of a universe, and you can imagine with that short amount of time that I had, what that would mean in terms of what I can
1: convey. I had no dialogue, so I had to convey with my eyes the emotion. So that's what I did. I was on set for maybe three hours. But what Cage, 59, saw on screen in the finished release was markedly different from what he filmed. Instead of the actor's Kal-El slash Superman simply standing and staring, Muschietti expanded Cage's appearance to include an in-joke for fans incorporating wild ideas for Superman Lives producer John Peters had dreamed up for the reboot. When I went into the picture, it was me fighting a giant spider. I did not do that. That was not what I did. I don't think it was created by AI. I know Tim is upset about AI, as am I. It was CGI, okay, so that they could de-age me, and I'm fighting a spider. I didn't do any of that, so I don't know what happened there. Look, the man got paid.
0: Yeah. I'm sure it was part of his contract that we can literally do whatever we want as long as we have your face here.
1: Yeah, him and and Michael Shannon are, like, the two kings of, like, I don't care what you do. I'm literally here for the paycheck. Give me the fucking money. Yeah. Give me the fucking money so I can go do, like... 20 weird fucking movies a yeah. year that make, like, no money at all.
0: Yeah, same with Shannon where he's just like, yeah, I don't know or care what they yeah. do with the character. Like I don't think In fact, di- I think the
1: movie sucks. Yeah, he's like, I don't think he's even watched it. Like. No. I don't think he read any script b- beyond his own scenes. Yeah. It does not give a fuck.
0: You know, a lot more actors should be more outspoken about stuff like that. Yeah, no. Because it- a lot of people just assume that they are living these roles 24-7. Why,
1: I, th- I think in, like, Marvel... Like, part of the promotion contract is, like... Well,
0: especially if you have 10 years' worth of movies.
1: Yeah, but it's just, like, every Marvel actor is like, oh, this is, like, the best thing that's ever... It's like... I know... You've been in, like, Oscar-nominated films.
0: Shut the fuck up. see, you see the truth come out afterwards, like, how Robert Downey Jr. was like, no, Oppenheimer's... Yeah. It's the most acting I've done in a decade. it feels good to act again. Yeah,
1: yeah. But, yeah, while it's happening, like, yeah, just the way they talk about it, I'm like, you are... You're lying. Well, there's no way standing in front of a blue screen for like weeks is fulfilling to you as an actor, looking at uh, fulfilling my pocketbook. Especially looking at like the rest of your IMDb filmography, like you've been in some good shit. Cut to the image of XQC holding the bills up to his (laughs) ear.
0: Sorry, I can't hear you. Oh, anyways, that's it for this week's episode of News Dump. We do have weekly weird news coming up for you in uh, a day or so, obviously. But if you could help us out and click like. On the video, it's a button right down there. Confetti goes off. Everyone's gonna have a good time. Woo. Click the like button. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Leave a comment. Reply to a comment. Lots to talk about today, and uh, we'll see you soon. There's videos up here now that you can watch. We have a recent Tech News Day and another recent video about. Uh, well, they both they both have stuff to do with Elon Musk. You've you've watched them. Watch them again, and we'll see you soon for Weekly Weird News. Bye-bye. Bye bye bye.